0: Hello, this is Unanimous Indecision. I'm Joshua Trubin. It is the best day of the week because it's Wednesday, which means we're talking a couple movies. We're going to talk Ice Age 6. We're going to talk Munich, The Edge of War. We're also going to talk a bunch of movie news of this past week. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff kind of all over the place um, that I'm very excited to get into. Uh, but before I do, I just remind everyone to uh, please... Uh, sorry, lost my train of thought, saw a message, Um, that uh, there's many ways you can follow us um, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts sold for free, or you can join us live on twitch.tv slash unanimous indecision, where you can hop in the live chat and share your thoughts and theories about whatever it is we're talking about. Love to see people in the chat, and have this conversation with them, Uh, You can always uh, share your thoughts. I mean, I see Boulder right there in the chat, right on time. (laughs) Uh, Good to see you, man. Uh, We are trying to think. Is there anything else I say? Oh, yeah, I'm going to be spoiling both these movies. However, one of these movies was probably spoiled by history existing. Uh, That would be Ice Age 6. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Munich, The Edge of War, obviously a historical fiction film, but... um, you know still uh relevant to history so um it's <laughs> hard to spoil that one <coughs> yeah it's crazy how history just sort of exists <laughs> uh I, I like to call it earth lore human lore earth lore um but yeah i think i'm gonna i will be spoiling both of these uh to get into it beard is looking epic yeah i'm probably gonna shave it soon also get my hair cut. i I don't know when but i'm thinking sometime this month uh it'll happen uh the so to get started i guess i don't know i I probably don't have too much to say about either of them Uh, my main thoughts about ice age six is i thought it was a fine movie um like obviously i'm not the target demographic you know the ice age movies are primarily made for people under the age of, like, 12. But uh, I I thought I had some good moments. I will say it feels like, and maybe this is just, like, me um, romanticizing the first two uh, Ice Ages, and even the third one, because I feel like the third one wasn't even that bad. But this one has so little subtext that like it's hard to watch as an adult um and, and there are moments where like it feels like they have subtext and you're like oh they're doing that to teach this moral very good and then they just say the moral that they're trying to teach and you're like oh i thought it was already kind of, i felt like you already got the lesson across but now you're you're just saying what the lesson is okay no subtext that's cool uh <laughs> Uh, And and so there's a lot of those moments that I think is frustrating, and I think that's probably like the biggest keystone to things feeling like they're designed for kids or not, um, is the quantity of subtext. And I feel like, and maybe this is wrong, maybe this is an incorrect statement, but I feel like a lot of 90s movies that were designed for kids still left a lot to subtext and that's why they're still loved by the adults who watch them as kids uh it'll be very interesting to see if like all these kids movies that are made in the 2010s uh how they are looked upon by the generation that will be adults in 10 15 years uh kind of thing and how they'll look back upon those films or if they'll enjoy the 90s ones like the rest of us uh, like is it just a bias thing or uh because like i like the films that i grew up with but then i also like older films that continued that kind of it, it treats the kids as being somewhat intelligent <laughs> uh which i can appreciate uh even if i don't pick up on everything the first time i watched it so what uh it, i liked it enough to come back and relearn the lesson it was trying to teach um but yeah i mean i will say it's been a while since i've watched an ice age movie so i feel like it was kind of cool i was like uh chuckling a few times at uh manny sid and diego back at their old tricks again uh manny and ellie yelling at each other it was all good times i do have one question um they were ellie was like making cave drawings and writing down their family history didn't they have a daughter <laughs> didn't that happen <laughs> didn't they have a daughter in like three or four or something i think they had it in three and then it was like a focus of four i don't really remember five all that much but yeah didn't they have a daughter and there was just no mention of her which I thought was very strange, like not even a little bit. (laughs) Uh, I was like, wait, what happened in five (laughs) Uh, that I just don't remember? Did they like rewrite history to where they didn't have a daughter? That's kind of crazy. That's kind of crazy for a kid's film. Uh, Especially for it to be permanent, if true. Uh, But yeah, there's just no mention of their daughter, which I thought was really weird uh other than that it was fine i mean it was high energy it's kind of a lousy superhero movie which i didn't expect it to be but it turned into that where they made a team of talented people um with a skunk and buck wild and um uh and the two (coughs) possums um to send the the two possums off on their way. I thought it was a decent decent explanation, but it's kind of a weird I guess the the idea is that it's teaching is like that kids are eventually going to have to grow up and leave and become their own people. Uh which they do. And it's cool. Uh but otherwise, I mean, I don't know. Wasn't wasn't too much for me. I didn't get a whole lot out of it uh very add considering the possums are like my least favorite character in, in in the franchise uh it didn't do too bad uh the other movie munich the edge of war mostly about uh the munich conference that chamberlain had with hitler i mean france and italy were also there but uh mostly focusing on chamberlain and hitler I thought it was rather interesting. I think they spent a bit too much time in the beginning in Oxford. Um, I I think they got it across very quickly and then (laughs) it just went for a very long time. Um, But I thought it was an interesting story. Uh, Certainly one that I wasn't too familiar with. Uh, So I, so I really appreciate the the story being told Uh, also putting some things in perspective about Neville Chamberlain uh, that, even if they're not true. Like I said, it's a historical fiction story, but even if they're not true, I, I felt like I had a lot of conviction in my opinion before. And now hearing even the possibility of these things, um, I, I can reframe my own opinions about it, you know? And it's super interesting. It's also interesting to watch how like how the Germans, uh how some of the Germans were watching hitler rise to power i i always think that's super interesting um about how it gets filtered through their eyes and how they respond to it uh, rather than the rest of us looking inward uh about what happened having to clean up the mess kind of thing uh but but i think it's a well-done movie it's i mean i continue to love Um, I don't know the actor's name I better start learning it Because if he's going to be in more of these kinds of movies Like he was in 1917 and now this I'm going to have to learn this guy's name (laughs) Uh, George McKay George McKay was in 1917 and also in this movie And I continue to love the movies that he's in These war films that he's in are just spectacular Um, He's a terrific actor. Uh, Also, the guy they had uh, kind of opposite him as the German translator, as his peer, as his fellow student, his former friend, Uh, that guy did a terrific job also uh, kind of portraying this almost always a polar opposite view kind of thing that um, at the beginning they're fighting because he's in favor of Hitler. And then at the end, they're fighting because he wants to get rid of Hitler now and uh, the british guy kind of doesn't change his opinion at all and it's just like hitler's a bad guy but maybe we can solve this in other ways and it's like well um <laughs> uh, t- tough to look at uh, but yeah i think it was a terrific movie i'm not going to comment too much about it because i don't really know it it's kind of like biopics historical fiction also um we don't at least myself don't really, I I don't study history, so I don't really know uh, what was true and what wasn't true, but I think the acting was terrific. The portrayals were terrific. Um, The, I will say the flashback to um, them, their friendship ending kind of in the middle of the movie. I kind of thought that was a little weird because I feel like it was kind of obvious why their friendship fell apart? And I, if there's a flashback in a movie, I have to talk about it. That's the rules. I, I am a notorious flashback hater. I think flashbacks are mostly bad, but I will uh, admit. Um, <laughs> oh, I didn't realize I had bad. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, <laughs> there, got rid of it. Uh, there's a tag on the back flashes. <laughs> uh yeah i'm not a fan of flashbacks just in general to storytelling i think they're bad i think they're inherently bad um because you don't know if your present day characters are thinking about it you don't know if it's just for the audience's benefit um i will say like a genre that uses them well i guess is like the um whodunit movies or heist movies because they're intentionally misleading the audience to certain degrees uh such that you need a flashback to actually get the full picture of what happened because there's they're throwing so much info so many facts at you you don't know what what order to put them in and it just kind of doesn't make sense until they give you that flashback to explain it this is how it was done and i feel like that genre does it mostly well on average um however in terms of drama and uh just narrative storytelling uh i don't don't think flashbacks flashbacks are that good um and like i said this one it didn't really tell me anything i kind of was already like oh their friendship had a falling out because they were on opposite sides of this issue hey thanks for the follow steezy fiji um and so it was like very obvious why they had a falling out and so to see that flashback i will say the flashback did add a little bit of info about their their mutual friend or i guess it was the german guy's girlfriend at the time um about what happened to her and why he changed his opinion so it did have some value um but it probably would have had more value earlier in the film rather than later um yeah i don't know uh, I, I always got a comment about flashbacks you know but for the most part it's a spectacular movie i i was i was enthralled about it all happening and the constant running of messages between people um even though we know how it ends you know <laughs> um but it's still interesting uh to watch how these two maybe fictional characters could have thought uh during this time uh and also to watch one character completely change their opinion about something while one guy doesn't really change his opinion at all and then they both sort of by the end of the film kind of end up in the same place um that it doesn't matter how you you get to the same opinion but you eventually get there uh and i I think that's really interesting to, to watch go down um from that perspective like regardless of it even being a history film i thought it was really interesting uh, just watch these two friends with very different opinions end up in the same place by the end of the film. Uh, I am going to go on to movie news. Like I said, I wasn't going to have too much to talk about, about movies, <coughs> about these two movie reviews. Uh, so I will go on to movie news, but before I do uh, just like a steezy fi- steezy Fiji, I can't even say it fast enough uh just did please hit that follow button wherever you're listening to us uh rate review subscribe if the uh platform allows you to um because we're just trying to grow the community grow the conversation talking about movies and tv shows that we love that's what it's all about really appreciate all the feedback and the the growth of the community uh we also have a discord page um i'll if you're in the chat i'll put it there But uh, we we have a Discord where sometimes we talk about stuff. um, Otherwise, you can just get notified whenever I go live uh, for the Twitch stream. um, And then I'll post the podcast later. But we talk about all kinds of things there. And then uh, (laughs) uh, to Boulder's comment, uh, did I ever get a personal record on something I was trying to speedrun? No, not at all. Yesterday was a waste of time uh (laughs) i didn't make any progress whatsoever uh but uh what do we got in the movie news i I lost the news i just posted to the discord um we got some trailers we got some trailers for uh two video game things and then uh also something that i'm super excited for but paramount really having a good week um is uncharted no uncharted is sony right I think that's right uh we got the last trailer for uncharted didn't really change my opinion about the movie at all i'm excited to go watch it i guess that comes out this week no just kidding that says february 17th i can read um yeah uncharted i think is being released by sony that sounds right uh i can't find it (laughs) yeah um yeah columbia pictures just had to be sure uh yeah so i mean like it was a cool trailer it showed a couple new things but for the most part i think most of the scenes were shown in the other trailers um i think as someone who hasn't played the uncharted games uh i'm excited to watch it as this kind of fantastical action film uh i think it doesn't look too bad of course got mark Wahlberg and tom holland kind of acting opposite each other with Antonio Banderas as an antagonist. So I just cast alone, I'm already in. Uh, so now if they can tell a compelling story, seems, it seems interesting uh, about treasure hunting. I like national treasure movies. Sure. Why not? Uh, I wonder, I'm just hoping I like it more than I liked jungle book. Cause I don't, I think jungle book is a very middle of the road movie. Very mediocre, in my opinion. Um, did I say Jungle Book? I meant Jungle Cruise. Uh, <coughs> Jungle Cruise, very middle middle of the road movie, uh, as far as a fantastical action film. But the uh, um, but Uncharted looks looks fun if nothing else uh the action sequences look crazy uh there is one scene that i think wasn't in the previous trailers that i think looks awesome because i'm a huge i'm super interested in like pirates and all that stuff uh and there's a scene in this trailer where they've got like i don't remember if i think they were helicopters or planes i don't don't remember but they've got a, a a pirate ship that i guess they pulled from underwater and they've got it craned up on these like helicopters or planes or whatever and it's they're flying through it and i assume the way it looks is like the the ropes will break and it'll come crashing down into the water and i'm like that looks awesome <laughs> that scene looks legit uh so i'm excited for scenes like that but hopefully it's also a good story uh you gotta have both you know good action and a good story is that too much to ask for um the other trailers we got the kind of a good week for paramount in my opinion uh because both these next two trailers that they dropped uh i wasn't expecting them this week uh and i think they both look pretty good uh one is the offer which is about the making of um the godfather movies which apparently is absolutely wild um it's almost a it's almost a mafia film in it of itself. Uh, The making of the Godfather, maybe the greatest, one of the greatest films ever made. And then definitely the greatest mafia film ever made. Um, Or Godfather and Godfather Godfather part two at minimum. Um, But I love those movies. So I was super excited about this. Uh, It is going to be a TV mini series, I guess. Uh, With Miles Teller, Matthew Goode, Juno Temple, Giovanni Ribisi, and dozens of other people uh, portraying it. It looks crazy, though. Um, Because apparently, like, Frank Sinatra was really against the making of the film, which is, like, (laughs) really wild to me. Um, (coughs) So, um, and I'm, like, a huge fan of Sinatra as well. So, I'm, like, two things I'm a fan of going at odds uh at, i will say i have not had an interest in getting paramount plus at all since it came out a year ago and mind you it was already a combination of services that i didn't really have an interest in getting which was like cbs all access and i think it was something else but i don't remember what it was is it was a combination of several other streaming services that exist brought together under the paramount banner paramount plus very much more notable uh to understand what kind of ip you'll find there but at first i was kind of like the only thing that really appeals to me over there on paramount plus is like star trek stuff and i've kind of been watching the news about some of the newer star trek stuff and it doesn't interest me a whole lot Uh, but then these two projects the offer and the halo series that they also dropped a trailer for i was like you know maybe i'll pay for a month and watch both these series and then be done with it (laughs) but but both of them look really good uh just the making of the godfather what an absolute wild tale who thought the making of this the greatest movie ever made could also be a good movie of course right although it's a series but Uh, The Halo series also looks amazing. They dropped a trailer. (coughs) I've played the Halo games, but I don't really know anything about the lore of it, to be honest, other than that, like, spoiler alert, Master Chief dies and comes back. Uh, But it does look like a cool story. Uh, I think some of their CG could probably be polished off a little bit, but as far as, like, video game stuff goes it looks pretty good looks pretty interesting uh i don't know if it's the goal of it is to be like loyal to the first campaign or something uh games don't do the lore justice that's interesting because didn't the games create the lore uh (laughs) how how, (laughs) like where, where does the extra material come from to fill in the gaps of the lore is there like bonus material? Did they release like a comic book or something? I don't know. Um, but as far as like a video game series, it looks pretty good. Uh, looks pretty interesting. Following Master Chief uh, being kind of brainwashed uh, by the what is it? It is it just the UN? Is is that who governs humanity in it? Because because I know it's the UNS. But is that like the UN services? Is that what it is? (laughs) Um, But he uh, kind of a brainwashed super soldier kind of thing. And then his interactions with the alien covenant. Definitely still the covenant are the bad guys. But uh, also finding his own freedom uh, within the system. Uh, the lore could be so much better considering how well the games are put together like game, yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with that. Uh, and I think that's true with most video games uh, that they bow because they want sometimes they sacrifice lore for more fun gameplay, which I understand it's it's a video game. That's the medium they chose. Uh, but it doesn't it, it sometimes can hinder the narrative uh, because of that and then it always doesn't or always it doesn't always transfer uh to the next medium of movies or tv shows which is why we haven't had good video game movies and tv shows in a really long time until like the past four years (laughs) uh starting with like detective pikachu where they just decide hey we're just going to tell a narrative (laughs) completely and forget about the game's logic (coughs) And then it makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, what was the other video game movie that came out that was pretty good? Sonic. Sonic wasn't bad if it wasn't for all of the Olive Garden advertising. Um, and Sonic 2 looks good. I'll even go go as far to say that, that Sonic 2 actually looks good. Um, Monster Hunter was mediocre to bad. <laughs> uh, it had some cool moments. Uh, I guess like the Resident Evil movies are pretty fondly liked. I think horror games transfer pretty well. Maybe that's it. Um, trying to think what else. I can't think of too many good video game adaptations. Certainly not the Mario Bros. movie. Uh, I got to find that movie somewhere so I can see it. Uh, Also, in video game news, uh, this is actually super interesting, the fact that Halo is being made into a series at Paramount. This is super important because just a few weeks ago, I was talking about... (coughs) Hold on. Let me drink some water before I go on to this rant. All right. Just a few weeks ago when Microsoft bought... um, activision blizzard i was talking about how this would have an impact to movies this would have an impact uh and i think we're kind of seeing the beginning of it i didn't know this was being planned i didn't know halo series was even being in development but this is kind of proof uh that microsoft has an interest in it because microsoft owns the halo ip and The Halo IP is now being turned into a TV series with Paramount. So, okay, maybe Microsoft totally uh, partners with Paramount and starts publishing a ton of uh, video game stuff. Oh, I'll say another video game adaptation that was really good was um, Arcane on Netflix uh, for League of Legends. That was really good. Um, And so I think Microsoft seeing the success of a show like Arcane uh or even recent stuff like detective pikachu and sonic microsoft goes hey maybe we could enter this uh, this arena we've tried previous or i guess activision blizzard tried previously with uh war work i can't even say it. war of warcraft world of warcraft geez <laughs> uh with world of warcraft and um, it was an, ad, it, it was a pretty big failure as far as box office goes, maybe it's cult classic, I don't know. <coughs> and, and so like, I was looking at, it and I was like, Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard, which is like World of Warcraft is prime movie IP or TV show IP. I feel like, uh, if someone can do it right, like it's, it's primed for it. It's got a huge video game fan base. Video games are bigger than ever right now. Uh, so now's the time to develop these video game uh, movies and TV shows. And sure enough, Microsoft developing a Halo series with Paramount Plus. Maybe Paramount becomes a home for other Microsoft series. Um, I mean, it's like no doubt we're eventually getting a Minecraft official movie, right? No doubt that it happens because Minecraft is maybe the most popular video game ever at this point. Uh, That's eventually going to be a movie. No, no chance it's not. Blocks are in. And so Microsoft entering uh, it with all of their video game items. Well, I was saying it might encourage some... uh, Now, granted, their their primary... uh, competitor of microsoft is sony in the realm of video games is sony with their playstation and all of their playstation ip however sony is already invested in the movie enterprise and so i was saying that sony will probably want to increase their competitiveness on the video game scale but that could also transfer and give them the ability since they for them it's a left arm right arm kind of thing that they got video games on one side, movies on the other. They can just easily transfer between the two of them if they own the IP. Uh, Sure enough, Sony did exactly as a lot of people were predicting. They bought the studio Bungie, um, which apparently, for about $3.6 billion, uh, which is the studio that developed Destiny, which is a super popular game that is being... Uh, I think it's a live game, right? They're constantly adding live service game that they... Yeah, live service FPS RPG uh, where they're constantly adding stuff. They're also working on a new IP, so additional stuff. Uh, and it's certainly... To me, Destiny is like a really big like Halo competitor because just like aesthetically, it looks kind of similar to someone who doesn't know too much about the games. <coughs> um but uh sony was saying we've had a strong partnership with bungie since the inception of the destiny franchise and i couldn't be more thrilled to officially welcome the studio to the playstation family um so yeah this, this is really interesting uh and i wouldn't be surprised if we hear about a some sort of destiny tv show being made in in two or three years it would not shock me tv show movie you name it uh it will be interesting on the video game side if destiny shows if destiny gets removed from the xbox because i believe it's currently multi-platform uh but if it gets removed that will be interesting uh yeah and so who would have thought i mean before we i kind of felt like the streaming wars were maybe over (coughs) sorry not over but kind of entering that next phase that like all of the ip had already been acquired that they they they've already bought up all the ip so there's no new acquisitions now it's about what you develop with the acquisitions you made you chose your land to settle. Now, what do you do with your resources? You know, and and how that was going to work. And then Microsoft and Sony kind of changed the game right now, which is the in the introduction of the video game movie kind of thing. Um, sure, it's the video game movies existed like since video games have existed, but. Uh, I think we've already started witnessing that like video game, uh, products in this medium can be of a certain quality, but now with a focus on development of them, I wonder if that was like the beginning catalyst and we're actually going to refer to those as like the middle, the mid group that those were the transitionary movies and now we're going to see in the next 10 years or so uh in the same way that like superhero movies in the 90s or earlier um and then even the early 2000s superhero stuff that's like there's like a lot of very bad mediocre superhero stuff pre-90s and then you get like blade and x-men and people are like oh maybe superhero movies can be good and then you get a lot of early two thousand superhero movies like uh, Superman Returns, um, Fantastic Four, Ghost Rider, that are just these very like mellow, mediocre movies that I love, but <laughs> uh, but I understand why people don't like them. <coughs> I'm not naive, and uh, so those movies, even though X Men and Blade were like tremendous and showed what could be there's still kind of that those middle movies of like the trajectory of superhero movies becoming what they eventually became by the end of the 2000s uh with like iron man and man of steel and the dark knight and stuff like that i guess the dark knight before man of steel but uh <coughs> and And so I think video games will be the same way, is that I think by like 2030, (laughs) we're going to start to see some really good video game movies being made, which is really cool, because there is a lot of IP there that hasn't really been developed in a positive way in a long time, Uh, or just hasn't had a chance to enter the medium, so it's something new uh, to have fun with. Uh, So I'm all for it. Uh, i think it's cool uh but yeah who could have expected that the next uh leg of the streaming wars race would be video game related um i mean netflix certainly was thinking about it because they got arcane and (laughs) maybe they'll make other riot a whole riot universe i don't know riot being the company that made league of legends uh, To kind of talk into, uh, we, we usually start talking about uh, kind of the business side of things, um, which is where a lot of these early news articles come from. Uh, Sony buying Bungie. Uh, this next one, I think is really interesting about uh, Hulu just released the first couple episodes, I believe, of the Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee show called Pam and Tommy. Uh, That's about their sex tape being leaked uh, and how it impacted their lives. Uh, And it's really interesting. A lot of the criticism the show is getting uh, because I've heard some like good things from people watching that saying it's like highly entertaining. Heard it's nuts. Yeah. It's, it sounds absolutely nuts. It sounds crazy. (laughs) Uh, But uh, it's really interesting the criticism this show is getting because the show is heavily focusing on um, what a negative impact uh, this leak of the sex tape had uh, basically exploiting Pamela Anderson's sex life uh, and how it affected her life. Also how it affected Tommy Lee's life, but it affected her life in a much larger negative way and uh so so the show is completely about that but simultaneously apparently they didn't consult pamela anderson at all about making this show uh (laughs) so uh it's completely about people exploiting pamela anderson's sex, sex life and making money off of it profiting off of it and uh the show itself is kind of doing the same thing that they're okay maybe not directly exploiting her sex life but they're exploiting the sex tape being released which was the exploitation of her sex life and, <laughs> and they're kind of making money off of her sex life also which is kind of funny uh i mean like obviously it's sad but like from a like they think they're on the high horse to tell this story about the exploitation of her life and the sexualization of her life and here they are kind of doing the same thing. Uh it's a little, little, little hypocritical but um yeah everything everything i'm reading is saying that like they didn't they 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 reached out to her and she didn't reach out back and so maybe that's kind of okay cuz they tried but like <laughs> it's, it's still like <clears throat> I mean I guess they tried it, it depends on how hard they tried I guess um which I'm sure we'll never know uh because yeah I mean she definitely should have been consulted on her her own life while she's still alive you know especially when your story is about the exploitation of her life right like I I would think if, if you want to maintain the the moral high ground of telling the story you should probably try to obtain it first maybe um uh, a movie recently came out that i didn't even know was coming out i don't even know if it's in my theater nearby um it's called moonfall let me see if it's being shown i didn't even know about this movie yeah it didn't even come out near me i think um let me try and find this. Yeah. <laughs> uh so I guess it had a limited release uh for its first week or something. Or just or its release date is actually tomorrow. I don't know. I thought I heard someone's already seen it. <laughs> uh but Moonfall, uh very interesting story here. Uh Moonfall the latest in um, I can't find uh, the P, the paragraph I'm looking for um, Moonfall is the latest of Roland Emmerich's new disaster film Roland Emmerich is responsible for I believe 2012 day after tomorrow so a lot of classic disaster films uh, that are very iconic to the cinema zeitgeist. Uh, apparently, Moonfall will not re- receive a theatrical release in Canada. Kind of crazy, in my opinion. But, the distributor announced on Friday with a spokeswoman is saying that the choice was made because the uncertainty level, um, the uncertainty over the recent closures of theaters in Canada for planning reasons. Decisions had to be made while cinemas in Canada were closed. Um, what's interesting is by the time they release this apparently Canadian theaters are starting to reopen (laughs) and they're yeah theaters in Quebec are set to reopen next week uh theater owners are even a little upset that Moonfall won't be part of the release equation (laughs) um I mean I I don't know how these things work but can't they just change their mind And be like, actually, we will release it in Canada. We didn't realize this was going to (laughs) happen. A lot of people are commenting, saying that the film's marketing strategy in Canada is illogical. Uh, The film was also shot in Montreal, Canada, uh, making it a good, a perfect release for Canadian audiences. Uh, however they will not be able to see the film until it's available for home viewing and no date has been set for moonfall on video on demand yeah that's kind of a weird one kind of a weird one that like and it's kind of the covid equation we saw a lot of it affecting um, last year and of course 2020 Uh, looks like it continues to affect in 2022 that Canada had some closed theaters across the country and are in the process of reopening them. But Moonfall wasn't sure what to do with that. So they decided to not release in Canada and then, uh Oh, the theaters are open and now don't have a movie to show. It's interesting. I'm sure they'll rectify it. I'm sure they'll just release it in Canada in like a week from now. Um, but it sounds like an interesting story. Uh, a mysterious force knocks the moon from its orbit and s- around Earth and sends it hurtling on a collision course with life as we know it. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah, sounds that one's cool. It's also got um, Halle Berry, Patrick Wilson, John Bradley in it. So I like all those actors. I, I love it. I'm kind of into it. Uh, plus, I think 2012 and Day After Tomorrow are super entertaining, so good disaster movies, hard to come by, you know. Uh, what else we got? Peacock, you know, that streaming service that you've probably never looked up and watched anything on. I've watched something on Peacock, I watch Battlestar Galactica, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. Uh, Peacock Loss lose a lot of money lots of money going down the peacock drain uh the loss grows to 1.7 billion dollars in 2021 as comcast's quarter four is above expectations um uh their quarter four earnings uh, revealed that peacock generated 778 million in revenue for the full year but a loss of 1.7 billion uh which is compared to 118 million revenue and a loss of 663 million in 2020 um for 2022 comcast is still expecting the loss to increase To about $2.5 billion as its investment in content doubles, which is probably a good thing because, kind of like I was saying with Paramount Plus, there's not really anything I know that's on Peacock that I want to watch except Battlestar Galactica. Uh, which is available on the free version of Peacock. Fortunately, hopefully they're not listening to this and make it cost money. Cause I will pay for that. If I ever want to rewatch it again, nothing will stop me. Uh, it was a great show. I loved it. Uh, Peacock had 9 million paid subscribers at the end of 2021. Um, average revenue per subscriber of $10 per month, including, which includes ad revenue. Um, I guess that's actually really interesting that their average per subscriber is $10 per month. Because I believe Peacock has two different tiers. They have a $5 tier and a $10 tier. The $5 tier is access to their larger library, but still has ads. And then $10, same thing, but without ads. So the fact that they're still averaging $10 means that through ads, those $5 subscribers are still giving an extra $5. Uh, through ads, not out of their own wallet, but through time to ads. <coughs> which I feel like is a pretty decent strategy if their numbers work out that way. Um, they have an, a, another 7 million monthly highly engaged bundle subscribers, uh, which is through the Comcast Xfinity uh, bundle where I guess you get their uh, internet service as well as peacock premium at no extra cost obviously comcast xfinity costs more than peacock so <laughs> uh they spent about 1.5 billion dollars on content in 2021 and they're planning to spend 3 billion dollars in 2022 uh with the hope to eventually make it 5 billion dollars annually wow that's a lot of money but hey if they make some good stuff maybe it'll turn over um let's see. They don't talk about oh they they are hoping uh for Peacock to achieve a break even point by 2025. Cool. I'm pretty sure Netflix still hasn't reached their break even point, so we'll see how Peacock does. <coughs> and then and then and then and then uh, another video game movie, but this one a sequel. Did I just skip something? Hold on. My ADD is kicking in. No, I didn't. We're good. Uh, New Line Cinema is moving forward with a Mortal Kombat sequel. Uh, I think we all knew this was going to happen. The Mortal Kombat movie was very successful, pretty entertaining, um, pretty epic, too. Uh, they have hired uh, Jeremy Slater uh, to start writing a script for this sequel. Uh, he is head writer on the Disney Plus series Moon Knight. He also previously did, I think, Fant4Stick and a couple other movies that aren't too positively looked at. Um, but Moon Knight looks good, and hopefully it is. And uh, hopefully this one is too. He's also... Sl- Jeremy Slater uh, is also slated to uh, write uh, Thread for Screen Gems Uh, I don't know he's also directing that movie Thread for Screen Gems with James Wan and Atomic Monster Producing so he's kind of having he's kind of reaching it right now you know um Recently, he's been working on Netflix's 21 Laps film uh, called Uprising with Trev Travis Knight directing and also uh, Stephen King's The Tommy Knockers for Universal and James Wan. Um, he also did Umbrella Academy. Wow, he's doing a lot of stuff right now. Man, dude is working. Uh, but yeah, I think it's cool. Mortal Kombat 2, go for it. I, I'm surprised it's taken them this long to announce it. To be honest, uh, that was kind of a given. That movie came out like a year ago, right? Hold on. Wasn't that like April last year? April 23rd of last year. How has it been this long since? This is the problem with Hollywood, to be honest. (laughs) They just sit on like very obvious ideas and then when they come up with them they kind of think they're original ideas and it's like no that was the most obvious thing you could have done grant mortal kombat a sequel like most people who saw it loved it so why wouldn't you do it uh i should say most people who saw it loved it and a lot of people saw it kind of the the, the two things you need um Fast and Furious 10, as we're getting closer to the last two Fast and Furious main franchise movies, uh, we're learning a little bit more about it. Jason Momoa joins uh, Fast and Furious 10 uh, with all of the others. I'm not going to read off the cast list because the cast list is huge. (coughs) If you've seen a Fast and Furious movie, you know who's in the movie uh except for the first one where everyone doesn't return um the film is set to come out uh May 19th of next year cool uh it was one of the biggest box f9 was one of the biggest box office movies of 2021 uh let's see yeah Jason Momoa obviously being working hard part of dune this past year uh also will be working on the dune sequel and then also as part of that apple series called c <coughs> he's also got aquaman 2 coming out soon right um this i thought was cool news that like no one has talked about in a while ron perlman is not eager to make Hellboy 3 at 71 years old, but he feels like he owes it to the fans, which I think is super cool because I really like Hellboy and Hellboy uh, 2, the Golden Army. Um, I thought they were awesome, even though a lot of people thought Hellboy 2 kind of fell off um but the (laughs) the the i forget the actor's name the hellboy movie that came out a few years ago like four years ago was an awful movie and left a really bad taste in my mouth and made me kind of not interested to watch a hellboy thing ever again but i will say if we get hellboy three with uh ron perlman and uh de toro i'm in I'm in apparently speaking to the independent this month Ron per- Perlman told Del Toro it's time to get their long overdue third Hellboy movie made. Um and he's saying that he he's now pushing for it even though he he's like I don't want to do it cuz I'm old. He's 71 years old. But he's like but I want to do it cuz like we should make a trilogy we should make it a whole trilogy (coughs) um yeah the other hellboy movie with david harbour and neil marshall directing uh was really bad really bad movie um so why not a chance to uh to go make the other one uh, the reboot was something I had the opportunity to participate in and decided that the only version of Hellboy I'm interested in is the one I do with Guillermo, G- Guillermo. <laughs> Um so in walking away from it I truly walked away from it and haven't seen it or heard much about it I wish them well but it was not my I don't know this word to be honest Bail-a-wick? I've never heard someone say that I'm assuming it's like cup of tea yeah one sphere of operations or are particular area of interest uh yeah the hellboy reboot is uh, uh really bad uh and hopefully this thing gets made i i want this movie will this count as a reboot sequel if it gets made the other one was 2008 it's almost 20 years <laughs> it's like 15 years does that count i don't know what's the limit what's the minimum <coughs> to be a reboot sequel Um. yeah i don't know i feel like true reboot sequels have movies that come after it such as like jurassic world or the force awakens that like there are sequels to that movie so it was like an effective reboot to get a sequel uh Uh, while also being a sequel itself uh something else for dungeons and dragons is being developed It's kind of interesting. Uh, (laughs) So we're hearing about that Dungeons & Dragons movie being made uh, with Chris Pine and various other actors. Uh, The Red Notice filmmaker, Ross and Marshall Thurber, is going to creatively oversee a live-action TV series based on um, Dungeons & Dragons. We don't want it to just be one show, so we are building out, developing out a multi-pronged approach for television, a number of scripted shows and unscripted. What? A number of scripted shows and unscripted? They're going to make unscripted television shows? Is it just a YouTube series at this point? Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what the heck is this uh, i'm very curious about the approach they do for this uh especially because like um yeah i i'm very curious about the approach they'll take for this show for these series of shows i guess um the Dungeons and Dragons television universe being made. Uh, I'm very curious, but at at its core, it's a good idea. At its core, I do think it's a good idea. There's definitely a way you could accomplish it correctly, um, and it's a ton of fun, and you're just telling all of these parallel stories in this world. Um, Yeah, it could be a ton of fun now the scripted and unscripted idea i think is very weird to me because what are we talking about by unscripted i'm assuming that we're not going to be watching people play dnd we're going to be watching <coughs> an example of characters playing through like kind of the the Probably the campaign of the Wizards of the Coast kind of stuff. Like the the main books, the modules that they created. Um, I, I imagine it'll go somewhere in that direction. With somewhat crossover with each other. Like have been known to happen in the books. Uh, with characters popping in uh, between stories. But... The unscripted comment is so strange to me, because it's like, is that also just going to be a show that's what, like, based on improv? Like, <laughs> how, how's that going to work for choreography of fights for, um, because it's like, if you <laughs> the whole point of D&D is that you can talk your way out of a fight. You could build up to a fight completely and then just kind of talk your way out of it if you wanted. And most of the time. uh, But if it's like, you know, if the dude's a really bad dude, maybe he won't be able to be talked out of it. And I don't know. Just the unscripted idea is weird to me. It's weird to me because it's like, it, i feel like it'll feel very uh, a role-playing game term is railroaded it'll feel like a very railroaded narrative even if it's unscripted because it's like you have to have the set for certain places that they're going to go so if they just want to go somewhere else how does that work <laughs> for an unscripted fantasy tv show you know <coughs> Unless it's unscripted because we're just watching people play d d which that already exists on YouTube in, like, a fantastic form. Um, and I'm all for it. YouTube and Twitch, like, that exists. And I think it works out pretty well. Um, and I think there's a lot of good groups on there. You want to add another group there and go for it. But... Uh, at kind of at that rate, why don't you just give one of those groups a TV show, you know? Especially since, like, Critical Role just released their animated TV show this week uh, called The Legends of Vox Machina. Uh, they dropped three episodes. Uh, I will talk about them on Friday because I think it kind of fits into the usual Friday conversations. Um, I think I'm going to be talking about it weekly because I think it's a spectacular d d adaptation. I think it's awesome. Uh, I think it's tremendous. Um, and I think it also shows the pitfalls of making a DD and d TV show while still being a spectacular one. Uh, that there will be moments that just kind of don't make any sense for a split second. <laughs> like it almost like reaches sitcom levels. And then, But the fact that they chose an animated show as the medium, it kind of works. I don't know if it'll work live action. Unless we just don't get those sitcom moments Which is also fine But uh, uh, it'll be I don't know I'm very curious about this TV series um, Where did Say was being developed? Did I say? Did I say where, where it was going? Um <laughs> i'm assuming it'll be netflix yeah yeah it'll probably go to netflix which would make sense since netflix is interested in to start building uh some universes out they're also already confirmed to get two sequels to the red notice film that has the same director um And then Netflix was recently talking about the Squid Game universe. Now maybe they're talking about Dungeons & Dragons universe. So they're kind of, you know, creating their IP um, through individuals that are just passionate about it, you know? Which I think is a great way of doing it. I hope it works out for them. Uh, Moving on to the Star Wars field. If you've been watching Book of Boba Fett, you probably had your mind blown this past couple weeks about what could happen uh and it's awesome two weeks ago we had an episode that was uh spectacular it was beautiful uh and apparently now take this how you will because i find a lot of articles that are written this way especially about star wars are usually flat out wrong but uh fans call for Bryce Dallas Howard to direct a Star Wars movie. Bryce Dallas Howard, I think, has directed three or four Star Wars episodes. Let me look for ID real quick. <coughs> uh not as an actress, as a director. Yeah, she directed two episodes of The Mandalorian and one episode of The Book of Boba Fett. Um, they were terrific episodes of The Mandalorian, terrific episodes of episode of The Book of Boba Fett. Um, she obviously has a keen eye in directing. Um, I I've loved all the episodes, all three episodes she's directed, uh, tremendously. I will say there always seems to be and i don't know if this is her or just the writing and i have a heart I, I have a it's hard to say that because <laughs> it's like it's not like the writers change for this one episode so why is it always these episodes that seem to have these moments now they're not the only episodes that have these moments but every single one of her episodes <laughs> has these moments that there's like three or four minutes that feels like we just like kind of stop talking about the story for a moment. And we're just like watching this other thing happen. That's like pretty unrelated and like, it's goofy and like, it could have been a short, it could have been released separately as a short, but inside the episode, it's kind of weird, <coughs> but everything else in the episode is spectacular. Again, like I said, I don't know if that's, her encouraging like these little moments or uh them already being written in there before she's even attached to direct i have no idea um because i do think feloni does that sometimes so we could be looking at him as the culprit <laughs> uh but yeah a lot of people are talking about um funny enough jeremy slater uh, talking about uh i'd be thrilled if is this the same Jeremy Slater? That would actually be funny if it was. It's got to be, right? I think it's got to be. It may not be. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> is it that same writer? Um, I'd be thrilled if they gave Bryce Dallas Howard uh, the next Star Wars movie. She's currently running circles around everyone else. Uh, I'd be, th- um, someone even commented to that saying, I wish she had done solo instead of her dad. Uh, Ron Howard, yeah, honestly, maybe <laughs> is what it is. I mean, I, I don't go around saying wish shoulda coulda woulda, but uh, this one person saying get Bryce Dallas Howard her own Star Wars trilogy, I'm no longer asking. That's kind of cart before the horse, right? Like maybe let's work on one project at a time, please, but so that we can make good stuff. <laughs> Uh, but the episodes she's directed have been terrific. Um, yeah, if we've got a story for her, I'm I'm all for it. I, I think she could crush. Um, also, I don't I don't know if I obviously she's a fan of Star Wars, right? But there's like I don't know how to say it. From a creative standpoint, there are the fans of Star Wars. And then there are the fans of Star Wars who are also fans of westerns and samurai films, and you could tell the difference when movies are being made <laughs> uh, about who's fans of what. Um, but uh, I, I I think her her episodes are terrific. They they um, the way. I don't know, just like everything she's doing behind the camera, you know, as as the director. She's pulling out tremendous performances and also telling amazing stories. I mean, uh, this last episode she directed, she was directing a lot of people in helmets that we weren't seeing the faces of. And I felt like I totally understood everything that was happening. You know, it was very clear, very obvious. Uh, so... We'll have to wait and see, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if she's A, directing more stuff, more TV show episodes, and B, uh, or B, eventually gets something of her own. <coughs> Would not surprise me. Because it does kind of feel like she's kind of being like trained by Favreau and Filoni to to come up and, and tell an amazing story um uh, kind of like all the people they brought in right i mean deborah chow got the kenobi series um robert rodrigo got the boba fett series and so like maybe she gets something i don't know maybe we could see it uh and in our last article again still talking about book of boba fett but maybe in a less than a Uh, a less positive way uh right now peacemaker is the most in demand show in the world even beating out a star wars show the book of boba fett uh it's a spinoff from 2021's the suicide squad peacemaker follows um i'm not gonna talk about the synopsis if you're watching it you're watching it you know um both shows are almost done they started around just like one week different from each other i think um it peacemaker is the highest rated dceu project on rotten tomatoes that's pretty crazy (coughs) um james gunn has already hinted at making other dc projects uh, but peacemaker is the biggest streaming series in the world as it is 69.5 times more in demand than the average series uh, which this study was done by parrot analytics which measures audience demand by taking overall popularity of a tv series into account um, the series peacemaker beat out netflix's the witcher as well as disney plus's the book of boba fett uh, the Witcher just dropped their. <coughs> oh man, I need to rest my voice after this. Netflix just dropped their The Witcher season two. Disney Plus dropping the Book of Boba Fett. Um, even talking about The Witcher real quick, like, I'm sure people watched it, but like, no one talked about it like they talked about season one i'm telling you they, netflix has to switch to a weekly release schedule because it just doesn't make sense to me like the witcher dropped a season two and we didn't stop talking about peacemaker in the book of boba fett to talk about it you know uh um demand share for original uh sleepy in the chat saying i agree with how impatient people are because short attention spans (laughs) yeah it's true but but it's kind of i think that's kind of it's interesting because you can you can use that argument i think from both sides you could say people are impatient because of short attention spans so you should drop a full season so that people watch it all rather than maybe they watch one episode two episodes and your viewership declines as you release week to week but i think what's actually true though is yes people are impatient and they have short attention spans that even though people will drop the whole season I think due to people's impatience because of short attention spans, that's actually a knock against dropping the whole season. Because I think if people drop the whole season, the moment it's done, their attention spans are already saying what's next. They're already saying what's next. Rather than what's next is just the next week of the same show, which means people are talking about your show for six weeks, like we have been doing with Book of Boba Fett and Peacemaker. The Witcher, even though we didn't watch it, we talked about it for a day that it came out and never again. I have literally heard no one talk about The Witcher season two outside of that conversation I had with Ian. Um, it's either one and done or I binge watch everything. <coughs> but i don't think most people are that way i don't know i i think i think people do love to binge watch things but i think the majority of people i'm not saying like don't love to binge watch things but i think a show can gain more popularity by having a week-to-week release structure because it's being talked about for longer it's part of the zeitgeist for multiple months rather than three days. Because, like, when's the last time you heard someone talk about The Witcher season two? And when's the last time you heard someone talk about Peacemaker in the book of Boba Fett? Outside of today, obviously. Because <laughs> um, I know I talk about Peacemaker in the book of Boba Fett weekly. So. <laughs> um, neither for both well have you heard anyone yeah so you you haven't heard anyone talk about either okay sure but i don't know i i just feel like i feel like people generally talk about new stuff depending on what it is for about two to three days after after they watch it and so whether they watched 10 hours of something or an hour of something they're still only going to talk about it for two or three days. And so if you distribute those 10 hours over 10 different weeks, you're now talking about it two to three days for 10 weeks, which is now like 30 days in, in maximum total, but over the course of like 120 days or something. Um, and sorry, that's way too long. Like 10 weeks closer to like a, uh, 90 days 70 days 75 days i can do math um but yeah people are just talking about it longer and, and i think people talking about something's almost more important than people enjoying it which is a bad thing to say uh, like obviously you want to strive for both but <coughs> I, I think it's what gives the mandalorian so much uh street cred kind of thing is that they can do a surprise that like oh grogu exists and that's it and then people are talking about that for the next three days and they're just waiting for that next episode to see more of grogu see more what happens on this journey and sure enough we eventually get it and then we're talking about the next thing related to the mandalorian um I think is much more successful a release strategy. Uh, it's also easier to talk about from a fan standpoint. It's easier to talk about things. It's easier to talk about an individual episode of a TV show week to week rather than talk about all 10 hours of the TV show. Like if you want me to talk about the Lord of the Rings series, I'm going to give you like a handful of things. But if you want me to talk about one movie out of the whole thing, then I'll go into detail. um and that's just three movies versus one movie but i'll go into more detail if we're just talking about one movie you know um yeah i wish this article said how much in demand book of that was but it doesn't say it just gives us peacemakers number which apparently is the most uh, which i um, cool <laughs> the DCEU has, has needed a win they have needed a win it's good they finally got one it'll be interesting to see what they do with it <coughs> uh, but uh, they've definitely needed a win and i i'm all for it um i mean I, i've liked i've started to like both shows uh quite a bit I uh, can't wait to see how they finish out. We'll be talking to them, of course, on Friday. Uh, I'm going to wrap up here talking about what movie I'm watching next week. I think it's Uncharted, right? I think we just talked about it. Let me verify. I don't have anything written on my list, apparently. No, Uncharted is later. I thought I saw something being released this week. I don't have anything on my calendar. Oh, Moonfall, right? Yeah, I guess maybe it'll be Moonfall. Let me check my theater if I can go watch Moonfall. And then that will be next week's movie review. Um. Yep, Moonfall, next week. Um, when is... Okay, that's the following week. Yeah, alright, sounds good. Moonfall will be next week's movie review. Uh, a fun disaster film. Should be a good one. <coughs> It feels like <laughs> Roland Emmerich's movies have gotten more and more extreme, right? Day after tomorrow and then 2012 and now moonfall. Like these are higher escalating disasters. <laughs> uh yeah. That should be a good one. That'll be next week's movie review, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Also talking about this next week's movie news. Uh don't forget Friday as well. We'll be talking Peacemaker, Book of Boba Fett. I'll also be talking the Legends of Ox Machina. Uh, the stuff I really like about it I'll be talking about it briefly uh, mostly just a lot of the funny things I think uh, but I think it's a terrific show and then uh, yeah that'll be it uh, of course I'll be streaming video games uh, when I play them a couple times during the week uh, but I think I will wrap it up here Moonfall next week Peacemaker and of Bo- Boa Fett Friday tune in for those I appreciate y'all for watching. I am going to set up a raid. Um, but let me see if I can time this right. <coughs> uh, yeah. I appreciate y'all for watching, listening. Tune in Wednesdays and Fridays, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm Joshua Troop. This is Unanimous Indecision. We'll catch you next time.